On this episode of Collective Knowledge, We Are One, we have the 10th episode of the podcast. And this may be my favorite podcast yet. I have no, I've said that in on another podcast, but as the time goes on, as I put up more episodes, the topics are going to start getting a little more and more in depth. And there's just a lot of many different things that intrigue my mind. But the reason why this one I say will probably be my favorite is simply because of the fact that we're touching and talking about on two theories that I have. Um, It's two theories that I feel really strong about. Um, I have a lot of different things about life and a lot of different things that I come across that I read and I end up having my own thoughts. I end up um, thinking about it in a different light. So what I wanted to do was just kind of break into that and whatnot. And those two theories of topic are AI technology being a vital source of us going to another planet as far as um, living and starting a civilization. And the other one is about me and how I've always felt uncomfortable here, um, how I've always felt I didn't belong or this wasn't my refuge of where I truly originated from. And I'm going to back all that up with some nice detailed facts for you. So we'll start off with um, many people believe that AI tech, like I just said, would be the reasoning for the beginning of our lives on another planet. Um, If you have studied ancient time or you have heard anything about ancient culture, this is where ancient culture, ancient mythology, all of anything like that, that's where a lot of this comes into importance. Um, and that's where a lot of this information is always end up backed up by. Because like I said, AI tech is believed to be the foreground to us having another life on another planet. But, you know, many people may come across that and they may say, well, how's that possible or anything like that? And this is where it all kind of plays its part. Um, if you have studied ancient time and the ancient astronaut theory, um, they believe that this has happened and this is what happened with us millions of years ago. Um, a Hungarian scientist and a mathematician um, named John von Neumann in the 1960s produced the idea of self-replicating robots, um, a robotic probe that could be built and rebuilt from materials found on asteroids. Uh, self-replicating automaton using asteroid rubble, same processes of sending uh, robots to a planet, self-replication, and perhaps evolve from just the original copy to something more complex. And that is something that is really astonishing to me. Uh, You think about it in a a term, you send one probe, that equals to a thousand. Then a million, then a billion, then a trillion. And then you have to think, All they would do is just colonize that planet. They would continue to colonize themselves in any area that they would go to. So like I said, a lot of times you hear and see stories like that of people coming up with these inventions and whatnot. People say, well, because of the things that we've been taught to believe is true and whatnot. Well, they think, do we even have the technology or is any of that possible? And like I said, when you hear stories like this, They're always backed up by a myth or 
something that's happened in ancient times, you have a story that has huge credibility to back itself up on. And a lot of the stories are found within ancient culture, um, cultures of their certain Bibles, like the Mahabharata, or if you even look at our Bible and you look at certain stories, they're depicting something that's technology. That's really what it is. Um, so like I said, when you hear and see stories like this, this is where the importance of ancient time plays its biggest role. Because people will hear what you have to say or you will hear something on the news and you will think, is that possible or could that even work? So what I would like to do is share some stories from you uh, with you that are from myths and tales of ancient times. In the story of the Argonauts, it's a Greek old myth. This is a story about Talos. Talos is what we would say today is a robot. And in the mythology story of Greek, Talos was supposedly a what is being described and depicted. Talos was a robot. Um, tales and stories have surfaced and have shown that Talos was a robot that protected a certain island in ancient time, ancient Greek time, and an intruder or anybody that was not supposed to be near that island, Talos would shut that would shut them down to make it to the point where obviously they could not reach the island. Um, yeah, that's a very short story. That's really not too much in detail upon it. But these stories, I'm a real big believer in stories like this and don't originate from nothing. Um, I'm a real big believer in times like that when you have nothing to really base your knowledge off of or what you're seeing. I really, that's where I think the credibility comes from because you have to think about it. They're not living in the times that we lived in, so you're not seeing certain things. So to see something like that and to be able to describe something like that, I really do feel it can be really far from not being true. I believe it is true. Then when you look at another Greek mythology, there was an important figure known as Cadmus. Um, like I say, if you, Cadmus and whatnot, it's really funny to me because I feel that's where we show the credence of these things being true. You go into movies and TV shows and everything, you hear names of villains or you hear names of certain organizations or companies. It's really funny when you look at it and you do some time and some research, all these companies and whatnot, they all have base names from things of ancient time, ancient culture, things that people said they witnessed and whatnot. But Cadmus uh, was another Greek mythology, was a divine character, first hero, and he was from the fifth lineage of Zeus and the Greek gods. Cadmus started agriculture, supposedly, the first civilization, and the making of bronze. Cadmus knew how to make meadows, and in that time, that's what's really, uh, this is another important factor to me that's really important because we all have this broad idea of technology is a phone or um, a car or something really advanced. We've been taught that. We've been had our mind has been trained that. And that's not reality true when you look at it. Um, in that time, that's considered a first layer of technology. That's considered technology. Metals, um, bonding metals together. Anything, now, you've seen, I'm sure people have seen videos or descriptions of how they burn iron and stuff like that. That's considered technology. And to venture to the quick side note, like I just said, that is technology. That's how it's taught. 
And we get taught that technology is, like I said, a phone or a TV or something like that that is allowed to do something great. When in reality, technology is basically a form of anything, anything that's an invention, anything that's created or anything like that. That's a form of technology. And like I said, we've been taught as a society that technology is one specific thing and one specific area when that's not true. So. Like I said, this is a theory for me simply because of the fact of it touches on something. And so, like, we're going to go back and we're going to speak specifically on the Hungarian scientists. The Hungarian scientist said that he wanted to create self-replicating probes, robots, go to other planets, other asteroids, and they were able to self-replicate themselves from the materials that are there allowing themselves to build a society, civilization for us to come to. Well, when I first heard of this some years ago, the first thing that came to my head is, isn't that what we humans are doing now? Is that the purpose of us humans? Is that one of the many purposes for us being here? Because a lot of people say, well, what's our purpose for being here, et cetera, et cetera. And like I said, when I heard of that, That was the first thing that came to my mind was the human race, the human population and what we know as sex, the reproduction of having a child. And then the process of that at some point in time, that child ends up having another child. And like I said, that really took me to a point of. I left me kind of speechless because when you think about it. Babies produced inside of woman, um, then over it takes a nine month cycle for that baby to evolve, develop itself out. But all the materials that are made up of humans, where we have our skin, the same material that makes up a baby in the womb and everything, all those materials that we're made up of, it comes from within. The materials that come from within come from everything that's around us. So that's the same idea, that's the same law of what the Hungarian scientist said of self-replicating robot out of the materials that are there. So yes, we may not be a robot, but we're doing the same process of what they are describing, and that is self-replicating creation out of the materials that are there. And like I said, that's a theory that I have. I feel, I don't know, and I can't say for sure that I can definitely sit up here and tell somebody that's what I believe. No, but it's a theory. Uh, It's something that sits really strong within my mind. It's something that doesn't leave my mind. I think about that a lot because it's really interesting once you think about it. And then now, like I said, I wanted to speak briefly on my other thing of theory and that is the comfortability that I have on being on this planet and how I've always felt. Um, I've always felt like when spring comes, spring has always been my most happiest time of the year um, when I think back about things and whatnot. And when I think about the weather cycles and everything, I've always felt that when I looked around and whatnot, I just kind of let my imagination wander. I've always felt that I wasn't supposed to be here. I didn't belong here. I've always felt I wasn't from this origin of Earth. I've always felt that um, it's something that, you know, obviously it's not something that you can really just 
say, oh, I know for a fact I'm not from here or the origin of that. But it's something that resonates in you and strong enough to say that it makes you question it. It makes you wonder. So like I said, spring. Spring has always been my happiest time of the year. I've always liked spring the most simply because of the fact I've always felt most comfortable body-wise. far as not too cold, it's not too hot. It seems like it's right temperature perfect. And you got to look at the average um, temperatures for our spring weather is between 50 to 70 degrees, nothing really lower, nothing really higher. So when you look at summer, summer has always been so hot for me. Um, I've never enjoyed it. I notice that I'm always really just angry during the summer. Uh, a lot of people who uh, know me or around me a lot, they say I'm angry all the time. Um, that could be true. But if you really don't know how me and how I break things down, how I look and process everything and how I am in general, then you can have that. But if you do truly get to know me and you're around me a lot, then you see that it's really not it's not anger. It's nothing about that. It's just like I've as I've gotten older and as I've seen my body and my mind and everything really adjusts to our different seasons and whatnot and we all do that we just don't realize it and we're not aware of it and so like I say I've never really liked fall fall has always felt just too cold just like winter and this plays huge credence into what I just said about I don't feel necessarily that I'm from here and as time has went on I felt that way all the way back in my teens. And as time has went on and I've read a lot and I've watched a lot of different documentaries and videos, I can strongly say from my belief, from my studies and everything I've studied into, that the race of humans, our, our biological makeup, I really can say it didn't originate from Earth. And when I said that to myself one day, I just wanted to know facts. Uh, I wanted to be able to be backed up upon that. And I was able to come across information, uh, come across a book. I was able to come across studies that show that what I thought to myself is very, very real and could be true. So on December 20th, 2013, a doctor, an ecologist named Dr. Ellis Silver published a book that was named Humans Are Not From Earth. Dr. Silver proposes in the book that humans hold a multitude of physical vulnerabilities. Vulnerabilities of things that a lot of things that we see that go wrong with us, a lot of things that we've been made to believe that are just natural recurrences, things that just natural about our life. And we, they've been turned into a health risk or they've been turned into a disease or they've been turned into some type of defect. And I've always felt that None of that was true. I've always felt that there was more to that. There was a bigger reasoning and a bigger understanding to that. And Dr. Silver proposed that the reason why we are not from this earth, because like I said, we have a lot of physical vulnerabilities, and that is a slow childhood development, a heightened, um, a heightened stability to illness. We have spinal problems and a difficulty giving birth. And those little areas, it's been proven scientifically, it's been proven for over decades now that if we naturally evolved here on Earth, like a lot of people say, then 
the things that I just named off are spinal problems, difficulty giving birth, slow childhood development, um, a heightened ability to catch certain illnesses. If we had developed and evolved here naturally, like they say, then, like I just said, it's been scientifically proven. We wouldn't have those ability, we wouldn't have those issues that would ha- be happening to us. Dr. Silver also concluded that humans evolved on another planet. And many indications show humans didn't evolve on Earth. And then many people ask, well, where did we evolve from? So when you look at the facts and you look at the studies, and it's kind of mind-blowing, but we go out into the sun too long, we get sunburned, which doesn't make sense unless things on the Earth have changed dramatically within the past few thousand years. You have to wear sunglasses at times, and that shows that our eyes are not properly adapted to this planet. And that last statement of our eyes not being properly adapted to this planet is screaming that we didn't evolve here. And like I said, it's been scientifically proven. I'm not just saying this. It's been scientifically proven that if we evolved here, like they say, then... Everything that I just named that goes wrong with us or that is wrong with us or it's uh, an annoyance to us, we wouldn't have those issues. Then what's even more amazing is sports medicine studies have shown that the body creates two types of fat. One is a good fat and one is a bad type of fat. Studies show that if you bring the temperature down to 67 degrees Fahrenheit, your body creates the good fat and not the bad fat. And... That is highlighting to me because the 67 degrees, like I just had said, I've always felt comfortable in spring weather. And spring weather is between 50 to 70 degrees, nothing less really, nothing more really. And so that 67 degrees, that speaks a lot to me. Then the last few pieces of information I'm getting ready to share and end the podcast on is really interesting. Near the equator on Mars, the summertime, it's about 67 degrees. And that's Mars today without a thick atmosphere. Mars is a really thin atmosphere. Some of the, there's bits and pieces on the area that are, I mean, on the planet that have enormous amounts of toxins and gas that are not su- sustainable for humans. So then when you look at it in the past, Mars had an atmosphere that's been proven. And the fact that Mars has a summertime of 67 degrees with a thin atmosphere. It's been proven that if Mars had a full atmosphere like it used to have, an atmosphere like Earth, that the whole entire planet would be 67 degrees all the time year round. When you look at, and then that's kind of amazing. And then when you, to really close this out, when you look at astronauts, they go into space. There are circadian rhythms, which is, they're body clocks. So body clocks here on um, Earth, 24 hours. When you look at astronauts and when they go into space, the rhythms of their body clocks change from 24-hour days to 24.9-hour days. And that happens only on one exact place in our solar system, and that is on the planet of Mars. So, like I said, I wanted to speak briefly on those because... 
they're really important to me and they're amazing to me. And like I said in my last episode, that we're in a time now where there's going to be a lot more information, a lot more shows, a lot more movies, documentations and books that are going to be coming out. And they're going to be speaking specifically on things of study that they figured out and they found and they've known about for years and years and years. And this study, these facts that I just shared with you, the theories that I just shared with you of what I believe, these are all things that are going to be very present. Um, We're about to know and learn in-depth things about our bodies and the capabilities of our bodies that we didn't know or things that we might have assumed could be true, but we've been told they're not. And we're about to find out all of the abilities and how everything factors into one. And so, like I said, I want to leave the note off on what do you believe? After hearing all of that, I want to leave in your mind and I want your mind to wonder, what do you believe? Do you believe, do you feel comfortable when you're outside, when you're in the winter and you're too cold? Have you always wondered why? Have you always wondered why some things may feel off, why some things feel difficult? Like I say, we've been told that that's all natural. That's all a part of it. But for me, my whole entire life, I've always felt that that was wrong. That was never truly correct. And like I said, the more I read, the more I research, the more I end up seeing and finding out that I wasn't far-fetched as I thought I was. So on the 10th episode of Collective Knowledge, we are one. I want to leave on the note, and I want you guys to think specifically on the facts that I just shared with you. Does it make sense to you? Does it resonate with you? And then what I always like to tell people is what you hear and what you listen from me, do your own research. Go out, read, go out, look into things and see how your mind perceives it. Because we all have a different mind. We all perceive and take things, things in differently. And that right there is the most amazing thing that I love is because we all have a different viewpoint. We all see it differently. So I ask you guys again to take the time to research it yourself, look into certain things, let your mind wonder, expand. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Collective Knowledge. We are one from the 10th episode. Thank you.